Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. So much of the work we do has us sitting in office chairs for hours at a time, myself included. But most desk chairs we're familiar with try to lock the human body into 90 degree angles. And when it comes to healthy posture, there is no such thing as the perfect position. We weren't meant to stand all day or sit all day. And we definitely were not meant to sit at 90 degree angles on a stiff chair behind a desk. Our bodies were designed to move. I'm always looking for ways to bring more movement into my life. So while Foley's Jarvis Standing Desk is the best reviewed desk in the world, it's just a foundation to a healthier way to work. Foley's standing desks and collection of active chairs give you the freedom to move, stretch, and be in healthier, more comfortable positions that work for your body's unique and changing needs as they change throughout the day. Foley carefully selects active sitting chairs and their super cool designs give you the perfect mix of modern arrangement and movement capability. Their pieces support healthier postures that align your spine, opens up your hips, engage your core, and improve circulation. That's everything a great yoga class does for your body, too. You'll feel the relief immediately and your body and your back will thank you. From design to shipping to service after you purchase, Fully is there for you every step of the way. It's just a smarter, healthier way to work. A more balanced, human way to work. Get your body moving in your workspace. Go to Fully.com slash yoga girl. That's F-U-L-L-Y dot com slash yoga girl. Fully desks, chairs and things to keep you moving. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You guys, I'm going to be totally transparent (laughs) as compared to all the other podcast episodes where I lie all the time. (laughs) No, I'm going to (laughs) be totally transparent as always and speak from the heart and say, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about today. I don't know what I'm feeling right now. I don't know what theme like my life holds this week. I just I just recorded like a piece of this podcast where I ended up talking about like (laughs) the school system and the fact that Leah Luna is like I have to start thinking about what school she's going to go to and it's been on my mind and I don't know I did like a whole half a podcast talking about school and then I was like you know blah (laughs) that's not like really what's like at the front of my mind the front of my heart right now I'm just having one of those days where I don't really know what's going on and I like to know what's going on all the time. I like I like to I like to be able to define like this is a good day or this is a bad day or here is what I'm feeling exactly right now or here is what's happening in my life or you know and 
and I don't, I, I don't know. I'm in this space of, of not knowing today. So instead of trying to bullshit my way through a podcast about a subject that actually isn't super centered in my life, I'm just gonna be here with you and, and see, see what comes. So I guess wherever you are right now, when you're listening to this, um, I hope you're having a good day. I really do. I hope you're having a, hmm. and if you're not having a good day, I hope you have some resources to deal with that and that you don't feel alone. Um, I know that holidays can be super challenging for a lot of people. If you're missing someone, a loved one, if you know, you might feel a lot of pressure throughout this time of the year. Uh, we have a lot of family engagements and stuff and um, the holidays isn't, they're, they're not always merry and jolly for everybody. So if that's something that you're moving through right now, know that that's 100% valid. You don't have to be joyful just because it's Christmas. And um, for me, the Christmas season, um, I have this huge, <laughs> huge attachment to the idea of Christmas, like mega attachment. Um, I love Christmas. I fucking love Christmas so much. <laughs> I can't even explain. I am one of those people like we, we got a tree before it was December this year. <laughs> I felt you know, I, I get a little panicky if I feel like I miss out, like if I have a retreat in December and, you know, I'm not home and cooking and preparing the house and kind of getting into the Christmas spirit, I feel like I'm missing out. So what we normally do, we usually always have a retreat on the first week of December. We'll go and get our tree before the retreat um, and then we'll have this undecorated tree for like the first week of December. That's so at least the house, the house smells like Christmas and I kind of, I like to start really early like that. And for as long as I can remember, like Christmas is just this hugely important thing for me. And I love, I love the feeling of it. I love the feeling of, of cooking and making, you know, I make Christmas like candies and sweets and we bake and we, um, you know, getting presents. Like I love the idea of, I hate gift wrapping. Like I, I oh, that's like my least favorite thing to do among Christmas. Like I don't like wrapping gifts. I'm, I super suck at it. Um, but I love going out and like thoughtfully thinking of things that people in my life might enjoy. Um, and we're not huge gift givers um, in our family. Like I don't give everybody I know a gift, but you know, finding something really special for Dennis and um, thinking about like what my sister would really, you know, love this time of year. Um, and it's just, there's something about the Christmas season that just makes me feel all gooey inside. And lately I've been really sitting with the thought of like the things that are hugely important to me. Why are they so important? I'm always in this space of self-inquiry. Uh, but I had, a, I had a little epiphany about a couple of years ago. So I used to have this feeling with my birthday. My birthday used to be, um, I used to make such a big deal out of my birthday that like, like so my, my birthday is October 5th. So like around end of August, I'm like, oh my God, my birthday is coming up. This huge thing is happening. I would talk about my birthday all the time. I'd make, you know, throw a huge party and make a thing of it and kind of have this big expectation for something like massive to happen and for this day to be this big thing. Um, and I always had that. And then a couple of years ago, you know, after having the baby, I started feeling this more, a little more detached. Like it's not that important. Like why? Why has it always been so important for me to celebrate my birthday in a big way? It's just a day, you know, like what's different than anything else. And oftentimes, like I've had it happen on my birthday where I've had such huge expectations to do something that I end up like a little disappointed in the end. Like, oh, like if I throw a party, not everybody I wanted to come were able to come. And then I'm like, oh, like I felt like it wasn't everything I wanted it to be or, or, 
you know, like I've had this, I've had moments or years like that where like, oh, my birthday, like it, it was, my expectation is just too high. And then when I started inquiring, like, why is it so important for me to celebrate my birthday? You know, I've had to kind of look back in my life and think about the birthdays that I've had and think, think about the good ones and the bad ones and um, trace this importance or centered around my birthday all the way back to sort of the beginning of, 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 of that feeling. Like it's really important that I get to have a birthday. And what do you know? <laughs> Obviously, it's related to something really challenging and really huge and uh, actually a really big wound that's that's been present in my life for as long as I can remember. Um, on my, so it's my birthday, October 5th, October 9th, which is four days later. Uh, it's my brother's birthday. He's two years younger than me. So we used to have these joint birthday parties when we were little. Um, like we, we would celebrate mine, of course, on that day and then my brother's on his day. But then usually around the weekend following, we would have this kind of family party where, you know, the extended family would come or friends or whatever. And we would do that together. And on the party that was after my fifth birthday, um, wait, was it my fifth, fourth? No, fifth birthday, which is my brother's third. Um, that was the day that my mother conveniently chose to try to commit suicide. <laughs> Yeah, that happened. <laughs> and this is something that, you know, like I, I, I've done so much work around, uh, around my mother's suicide attempts and her depression and kind of the, the wounds that it left inside of me. And uh, it's something that I talk about on the podcast a lot. Like I've had, you know, episodes dedicated to that. And I've had episodes too, I think, with my mom where we talk about this together because we're in a really good space right now and she's in a good place too. Um, but that, you know, that time when that happened, I mean, I was five years old, so it's 25 years ago. We never really spoke about the, um, the, the logistics around it, right? So there's a lot of things around that that I actually don't, like I don't, still don't really know exactly how those things went down. Um, and it wasn't until like, I don't know, a few years ago, like I started writing the book that I'm, that I'm finishing or have finished right now. And I write about that. I write about that time in my life. And I had to really, you know, kind of ask around because my mom doesn't remember as the case, you know, when we're, we go through severe trauma, um, it's kind of natural for the mind to block things out to, to help us survive and move through something really heavy. She doesn't really know, like, you know, the day or the surroundings or what exactly happened or, you know, but my aunts remember, my grandma used to remember, I can't ask her anymore because she passed away, but there's people that were around at that time that, um, that know how things went down. And as I, you know, start asking around, so I found out that it was on this, um, this evening of this party that we'd had, there was a party in the day. And then so, so this is, it's a little foggy, but we were supposed to stay with my either with my grandma or my dad, uh, spend the night, which was kind of weird, because we'd had this birthday party at home with my mom. And then maybe she needed space, or she'd said something, you know, you guys have to take the kids. And then as we were driving away, uh, this is the story as I've pieced it together. Um, my grandma either got like a hunch that something was wrong and went back to the house or she forgot something or left something and went back to the house and found that my mom had downed like a bottle of vodka with a bunch of sleeping pills and was, you know, yeah, almost dead. And the fact that this was around, you know, it was the day of my birthday party, that this was around my birthday. It's something that I've I'd never attached anything to before. So, you know, I'd never thought about that. You know, of course, I've been focused on this huge thing that happened to me and this big pain and wound and trauma of all that. And how has it shaped me? And how have, how, how have I dealt with that throughout my life? And how have we been able to heal and move on and move through? Um, but that 
the, you know, the fact that that took place on that day, it's not that weird that my birthday is this hugely important thing <laughs> for me in my life because I had this, you know, big celebration and then it was immediately overclouded by this huge, 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 huge loss, um, which of course, you know, she didn't die, but it was still a massive, massive loss. And I think, or as far as I know, I think that when we go through a really severe trauma, something happens within the body, right? So it's been proven that our nervous system, when we when we arrive at a place of total shock, um, our nervous system can actually start to shut down and we start to, the body starts to try to protect that piece of ourselves so that we don't, you know, completely lose it or spin off into, into crazy space. And that that vibration of shock and trauma, it can stay within specific parts of the body and in the nervous system for years and years to come. And to undo the hurt that we've been through, we actually have to do really physical work with the body. We have to allow space for the body to release. Um, there's some really cool, um, it's called TRE, so trauma release exercise um, that we do sometimes in, uh, yeah, and just in really specific um, spaces with, with, uh, with groups for healing, uh, where you literally allow the body to shake trauma out of the system. Um, it's crazy cool, crazy, crazy cool how that works. But then, of course, everything else that you had surrounding a trauma, whether it's, you know, the time of day or time of year or whatever specific, you know, logistical situation you had around that, we can, of course, attach, you know, this pain to the, that circumstance. So I think what I did was that every year, even though I was a child, every year around that same time when it came kind of birthday time, it was automatically overclouded with this fear of something happening to my mom or maybe this fear of loss or this, you know, yeah, this dark space. So it became really, really, really important for me to have a birthday. I mean, of course, like it's so obvious. It became really important for me that that, uh, that that time, you know, was filled with celebration and with light and that I got to take up space and that I got to have a birthday and that, that it was, you know, centered around me and not my mom. And as I've grown older, of course, I, I haven't realized this connection to this, you know, my need to have a huge birthday or big birthday uh, with what happened at my birthday party when I was five. And once I made that connection, of course, the way I'm speaking about this now, like very light and easy, I've told this story a gazillion times, it doesn't hurt to tell anymore. But when I had that realization, it was accompanied with so much pain, you know, so much, oh, this big feeling of loss, like it was reappearing in my life and this big understanding, like a click of like, oh, of course, yeah. And fuck yeah, I deserve a big birthday every year. <laughs> you know, that I, I went through that, that happened to me. My birthday is important, it's important for me to be able to take up that space. And then since I had the baby, you know, it hasn't been important for me to have that birthday anymore because I realized actually, you know, I don't need that display of love to know that love is present, right? I don't need anybody to throw me a party or surprise me with something or give me a gift or buy me a cake for me to know that they love me and that they're going to stay in my life. But I used to have that, you know, that misunderstanding, like I need people to show me that they love me because I don't trust that they love me or I need to sh they need to show me that I matter or they might disappear or go away. And now I know that's not the case. And, you know, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted a surprise party. Like I always wanted people to surprise me on my birthday and to, you know, for me to be surprised. And it just never had that happen in my whole life. I'm always the one to give other people surprise parties. And, you know, I've, I don't know how many surprise parties I've thrown for other people. I love to surprise people on like celebrations and birthdays and stuff like that. And I just never had one back to me, which would be super hard because I'm a control freak and you know and then as soon as I started letting go like actually completely of of the idea of having to have a big birthday um even you know my 30th that was just two or two months ago 
I had no expectation whatsoever. And, I, and I'm not lying when I said that. I really, you know, would have been totally content to go to dinner with Dennis and have like a romantic night out and just, you know, be, do something quiet at home or, you know, no expectation whatsoever. And what happens, you know, I just had that big realization. My birthday has been important for me my whole life because of this wound. And then I made that realization. I got to cry it out. I got to find a little bit of healing there. And then I let go of that attachment. Like it's not important for me anymore to have a huge birthday. You know, I know I have love and family in my life either way. Like even my mom is there either way. Dennis is there either way. I don't have to have that you know, external approval or confirmation come my way. And, you know, the moment I let go of all of that, I ease up, I stopped caring about my birthday. Of course, I was surprised with the biggest surprise birthday party ever. <laughs> completely, completely ever. Um, <laughs> and it was, you know, it's, it's so fun just to see that realization that, that knowing that when you let go, of course, things come your way, but then they come your way from this pure place, right? So, it wasn't like I got that surprise party because I, I'd been nagging people to surprise me on my birthday or because I'd been passively aggressively, passive aggressively hinting that I want a big thing for my birthday, which I normally like do. Like, don't forget it's my birthday, everyone. You know, it's like it comes along with this tension. Like my birthday wasn't actually, it wasn't a happy time for me. It's never really been a super happy time for me to, to have my birthday because it's been overclouded by this wound that was always there. And now when I was surprised, you know, it was such a massive surprise. Um, you know, there was, it was like 200 people there, people that I haven't seen in years, like family I haven't seen in forever, old, old friends I haven't seen in years and years and years, like the craziest, biggest birthday party ever. And I think after like 30 minutes of saying hi to people, I just realized like, wait, like all these people there, they're just here <laughs> to celebrate me, you know, for, for how is this possible? And then I started crying and I cried almost the whole party, like really happy tears, really tears of feeling super held, feeling super loved, feeling super appreciated without there being like any sort of heavy feeling around it at all. And I just cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and then I danced and I danced and I danced and I danced. And who threw me this party? My mom. <laughs> Isn't that like, you know, and just out of love, you know, out of her heart, no weirdness at all. And I know that this, you know, that display of love wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for my energetic and emotional shift of letting go, right, to all of that beforehand. So see how interesting it is. I never told this story to anyone before. <laughs> um, this was all internal stuff that, that I went through over the past couple of years and specifically the past couple of months having this realization. And... <laughs> I love how I get to sit, I just sit down and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then like important things come up, right? Like for me, it's important that I tell this story because it solidifies this moment of healing that I've had. And I know it, it also can show other people that that type of healing is really possible. So I did all that work around my birthday. And then when it comes to Christmas, right? So I've had that same similar attachment to Christmas. Not, 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 okay, not the same. My birthday was always massive, huge, huge, huge deal. Christmas has more been, hmm, how can I explain it? It's just this important time of year for me. And it's, it didn't start being an important time until I left Sweden. So when I left Sweden, I mean, I was, 18, about to turn 19. Um, and those were, of course, the first years of my life that I was alone in charge of celebrating Christmas. 
um, before that, when I lived at home, it was a family thing. My mom was always in charge. She would bake and cook and we would go see my cousins or aunts or, you know, always have a celebration of some sort. And then when I left Sweden, that fell on me, right? Like, so if I wanted to create Christmas spirit, like living in Aruba or living in Costa Rica or wherever I was, um, I think I spent one Christmas in the States. I don't know. Um, for me to have that feeling, that sacred feeling that I always felt around Christmas, um, I had to create it, right? So after I moved to Aruba and, you know, me and Dennis became a family, uh, it was such a joy for me to take on that responsibility in a way. It was something that made me feel really grown up. Um, I was 21 when I met Dennis. Uh, and that same year, we got our we got a Christmas tree alone in the first house that we had together. And I remember that moment of like, whoa, we have a Christmas tree. <laughs> and of course, I didn't have anything, you know, in Aruba when I moved here. So like, we had to go buy ornaments and all these things. And like, and I just had this feeling of like, hey, like these, these things that I'm creating now, like I'm creating this family ritual with this man that I love that maybe we'll keep forever, you know, and we'd only just met like that first year, we, we, we'd only been together a few months. But I can really remember that feeling of like, whoa, you know, I'm making Christmas happen for myself. Um, so Christmas is an important time. And when I think back of why is it so important? Well, of course, you know, I come from a family history of a lot of drama, a lot of loss, a lot of separation, the amount of divorce, <laughs> I'm not counting all the death, but just the amount of the, the amount of divorce that we have had in our family. It's just, it's crazy. I don't have any grandparents on either side that have, that weren't divorced. Um, so we come from this past of people, you know, breaking up and even my, um, so my grandparents on my dad's side, they had him when they were super young, they were 18 and 19. Um, and then uh, when he was born, and then when I was about one year old, so, you know, they, they were grandparents and um, had grown old together, they separated and my grandpa left my grandma for another woman. So, which was, of course, this huge drama in the family. I was really little and, you know, don't remember any of it. Um, and since then, since being one year old, I had grandma who was always living alone. And then I had my grandpa and uh, my step grandma, who we never called step grandma, <laughs> but who, who was just like another grandma that I had. But she was 10 years younger. So she felt more she felt more like an aunt than a grandma grandma. But that's how I grew up. Like I always, you know, from being one, there was this sort of separation within the family where we would go to grandma's house on this specific day around Christmas. And then we would go to grandpa's house on this specific day over Christmas. And then my dad would sometimes fight with them. And, you know, there was this sensitive thing and there was this loss and separation within the family then. So there was always drama around this time. Like any family gathering, there was drama. And my grandma didn't get along with a new, uh, with my grandpa's new wife and da 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 da, like all this stuff going down. Um, and then my mom on her side, so her parents, my grandpa and grandma on my mom's side separated when I think my mom was two years old. Um, so really, really young. And my grandpa uh, married or got together with another woman. And there was kind of a similar situation where they had to, since they were really little, spend Christmases and family gatherings in two separate places. And then when I was born, you know, on my mom's side, I too had, my grandpa died already before I was uh, born, but we also had these two separate locations for for family gatherings where we would uh, go to Marianne's house which was my grandpa's you know second wife uh, or we would, we would go to my grandma's house and she would always um, celebrate in a different way so for us to do things on Christmas we had to hit like four different spots 
<laughs> always, um, because not everybody got along, right? And we would have to dedicate specific days to going here and specific days to going there. And then we always knew that not every, it wasn't like we could all go together under the same roof and spend time together, but there was always some sort of, you know, pain there. Of course, you know, it's never, never easy to split up a family and, and, you know, people do what they have to do and love takes you where you're supposed to go and yada, yada, yada. Like everything, you know, turned out in a really beautiful way. But growing up, there was already before, before even before my parents divorced, um, there was this kind of messy family situation. Um, and then when I was two, my parents split up. And then since, you know, my mom had four kids with three men, my dad currently has six kids with four, five women. <laughs> Okay, I've lost count. Okay, so I have seven siblings and I have had in my past, I guess, four stepfathers, four, three stepmothers-ish. I don't know, I wouldn't call them stepmothers because they've all been so young. But, and then some of the, these families have come with like, you know, they, like my stepdads all had kids from a previous marriage, you know. And then there, I had step-siblings that I lived with for a few years and then they separated my mom and this person and then there was another step-sibling and then da-da-da-da-da. So you guys can hear, I, mean, like I have a hard time telling the story <laughs> because um, actually I have a podcast from last year I think I did with my mom where we sort of tell our family history. If you're if you're into that, I can share that in the description of this podcast. Um, but it's it's crazy. It's like this, you know, at the end of the day, we're this really colorful, big, wild, crazy family um there's so much love there like everybody really loves each other there's always been drama there like my mom and my dad kind of hate each other <laughs> kind of always have um you know all this stuff in between so for me christmas the feeling of being able to hold on to a christmas where everyone is together you know where i don't have to go from place to place or you know go here for new year or here here on christmas eve and then there on christmas day and I always kind of grew up with this little bit of sensitivity that I couldn't always talk to my grandparents about what we did at the other celebration because it would might hurt their feelings that we did something there. And all this drama, <laughs> just telling the story, like it's making me sweat just talking about all this stuff with my family. Um, and of course, you know, people have it way worse. Like there's oh, there's families out there that, you know, don't have the means to celebrate Christmas or where there is like really heavy stuff and abuse. And, you know, we don't have any of that. So it's like it, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of beauty there, but it's always been really messy. And I'm the type of person that really doesn't like messes. <laughs> I'm sure you guys know since you've gotten to know me listening to this podcast. Like I like things in order. <laughs> I like to be of control of things. I like to know where everything belongs and I like everybody to be happy all the time. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I'm making it a priority right now to take a break from work, learn how to slow down and try to come back to myself. Part of that means putting daily practices into place to stay on top of my health. I've started doing some Pilates on top of my yoga routine, which is a whole new thing I haven't even talked to you guys about yet. I take dedicated time out of my day to cook delicious wholesome meals and to make sure I stay on top of my vitamin and mineral intake, I add a multivitamin into my daily routine. But not just any vitamin. My routine is Ritual. With Ritual, two daily capsules with breakfast give me the nine essential nutrients women lack the most. You may be surprised to learn that most multivitamins aren't doing women any favors. They can be full of ingredients we don't want to be anywhere near. But not Ritual. Ritual redesigned their vitamins from the ground up. For obsessive label readers like myself, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see. You can head to their website right now to take a look. 
Ritual contains only the nutrients you don't get enough of from your diet. From D3 to omega-3, Ritual fills the gaps in women's diets with a fresh minty flavor and no fishy aftertaste. When it's time for Dennis and I to start discussing baby number two, Ritual is the prenatal vitamin reborn. It delivers everything from DHA to folate that women need at all stages of their pregnancy. For your convenience, Ritual is subscription-based. For $1 a day, Ritual is delivered right to your door. Not good at keeping on top of your vitamin game? Ritual understands and lets you easily snooze your subscription if life gets in the way. But I have a feeling that like me, Ritual will become your new ritual too. Whether you're living life or creating it, why not add some good-looking science into your daily routine? Visit ritual.com slash yoga girl to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. And of course, I've become that type of person from growing up in this messy, family-loving, hating space that we that we come from. And right now, I can look back at it and just be super, super grateful. Like I can see oh, like all these people just, they all ended up in really challenging situations and they did the fucking best they could with what they had, with what they had. I mean, really. So it was mostly when I was little that things were really, you know, dramatic and challenging. And by the end of it, like before I left Sweden, we had some some gatherings where almost everyone was under the same roof, almost. But I, we've never had, not once in my life, have I ever had a family celebration where everyone has been present. Everyone, no. But I always dreamed of that, like, of course. Like I always dreamed of that space, and I always was tr- my whole life. I was trying to be the um, the mediator, you know. So like, if if like you know, all the step parents and parents and step siblings and this and ex wives and ex husbands and all this stuff, I would always try to mediate and try to make sure that people could meet in the middle and come to the celebration. And why won't you? And then there was something happening, and I'll be the one on the phone, like you know, but just come. It's Christmas, and it wouldn't work out. And oh, and I think growing up like leaving that and starting my own family with this one very stable person named Dennis. <laughs> For me, having that stability around Christmas, creating that sacred space um, without any of the drama, it's just become very, very important for me. 
And there's this whole side to it where Christmas time growing up, like no matter how challenging sometimes it was, there was always, 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 always this feeling of love there. There was always this beautiful, you know, this beautiful feeling of tradition, um, you know, waiting for Santa Claus when I was little. I can remember it so vividly, like with my cousins and we would be watching TV in Sweden. We watched Donald Duck after after lunch. Uh, it's this big Swedish, <laughs> Swedish tradition. Everybody does. Um, and then knowing that, you know, it was getting a little bit dark. And then at some point, you know, Santa is coming, but you don't know when Santa is coming. Like that anticipation, waiting for Santa, like probably one of the highlights of my whole childhood is waiting for Santa Claus. And and my, everyone in my family, like my aunts and my uncles and grandparents and my mom and not so much my dad, but <laughs> my mom for sure, were so into tradition and so into arts and crafts and baking and cooking and like all the stuff around Christmas. Um, they were always really good at all of that. Like there was always this feeling of family there, no matter what was going on around it. Especially on my mom's side, we celebrated a lot of Christmases with my cousins um, and both of my aunts. Uh, I have two aunts on my mom's side. They have these big families uh, where everyone is still together and married and like, you know, they, they live on a farm. So it's like very, it was really different from how I grew up in the city. And those Christmases, I just remember with so much heart, so much love. Um, and my mom actually alerted me to this Christmas memory that I've, I've totally forgotten where We used to go, and this was probably not Christmas Eve, but like the day after, and we would go to my grandpa's house when he lived in downtown Uppsala. Um, and we we would just know like, okay, you know, that anticipation for Santa and they lived on the fifth floor in this big kind of apartment building and someone would announce, wait, you know, go to the window, Santa's coming. And we would like run to the window, me and my cousin and my brother, and we would lean out the window and they're far away in the distance. You could see Santa coming, <laughs> like walking down the road, you know, hunched over, like really old looking, um, like Northern Sweden Santa, not like the American ho 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 Santa, but like, you know, and he had this sack of, of gifts on his back and then a little lantern with an actual candle in it. And we could follow Santa walking through the snow, entering the building. And then we knew like, oh my God, Santa's in the elevator. <laughs> and of course, like not like that was my grandpa, you know, who went through that effort of literally like walking, you know, block away with this full Santa suit and a sack of toys just so he so we could watch Santa Claus walking up the road and you know knowing that Santa had visited all these other kids that night it's just it's the most beautiful like one of the more the most some so many of the most beautiful childhood memories I have are around Christmas because yeah regardless of how difficult things were it was that time where everyone um, yeah came together to celebrate each part of the family in its own way And it's important for me right now that that I still get to evoke that feeling, right? That I get to sit in that, um, yeah, in that that sacred Christmas space. So Christmas is important to me. And when I look back at that, I, it's not because of this heavy connection that I have with my birthday, for instance, but more of this this beautiful need I have to keep things together, right? And for everyone to come together as a family to celebrate. And The reason I'm talking about this now or the reason that this is in the front of my mind right now, of course, it's Christmas time. So I'm thinking about this stuff. But something that has been going on over the past two weeks is that me and Dennis have been immersed in sort of a fight slash discussion slash like we're not fighting fighting, but I'm kind of upset about it. He doesn't want to be Santa Claus. <laughs> Just saying that I'm like, why? 
why doesn't he want to be Santa Claus? He doesn't want to be Santa Claus. I, 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 I don't get it. I really don't get it. For him, Christmas is not a big deal. Like he, I always joke and say that he's kind of a Grinch. He is kind of a Grinch. Like, and I know he has his own reasons for why, you know, Christmas doesn't mean a whole lot to him. He's not one of those people to rehash the past and do self-inquiry and like, why don't I like Christmas? And sometimes I'm like, hey, you know, what, were, what was Christmas like when you were little? Like I'm trying to like dig something up so that I can so that I can make the connection between his grinchiness and his past. But he's just not that not that person at all. You know, he's just like, it's not a big deal. And I don't know, you make such a thing of it. And he's like, there's so much for me to do. I have to put this tree up. And then, you know, you can't reach the top of the tree. So I have to put the star there, the tree topper. And then, and then I have to get the light. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, this is not like, you know, this is not a big, terrible thing that you go through that you have to have to, you know, decorate the Christmas tree with your wife and your daughter. Like, how is that a terrible thing? But he always like makes it into this like, oh, secretly, I think he really enjoys Christmas, but he's not really, he doesn't like the preparations. He, I think he would like to just sit back in a, on the couch with a beer and watch Christmas unfold around him. Like that's kind of how I think he is. Um, and then last year, the baby was really little. So, you know, the concept of Christmas and the tree, like she didn't understand anything. Now, I mean, she's almost two. She fully understands, like she knows Santa Claus, like she sees pictures of Santa Claus or these ornaments around the house. And she says, Santa, and she understands what, she knows what a gift is. She knows that you unwrap gifts. She gets excited about that. You know, she's like running around. She fully you know, gets the idea of Christmas now. So of course, this is the first year that we're going to have Santa visit. <laughs> and for me, that's an important tradition that we keep. But we never had this conversation before. We never, not even last year, because it was just, you know, so I was like, hey, you know, oh, we found I found this store across town where they sell like really good Santa beards and a Santa hat. Um, so I'm going to go buy that today. And then it's just like, what? Like, for, 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 for who? I'm like, for you, like, to be Santa Claus. He's like, I'm not going to be Santa Claus. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, no, no, no. There's absolutely no way. I am not doing Santa thing. We're not going to do that at Christmas. Like, absolutely not. And I was just kind of in shock. Like, we're not going to do that. What do you mean? We're not going to do Santa? He's like, no, why would we do that? That's just stupid. <laughs> and I had like a mini explosion in the back of my head. Like, wait, <laughs> this is something we should have discussed. Like, before we got married <laughs> there should be like a list of things you have to agree on before you get married and have a baby like you know where do we want to live like you know if you're religious are you raising your child <laughs> in a religious way how about school like there, there's some big things that you should be in agreement about you know and I just never thought Christmas would be one of those things. And I was like joking. I was like, hey, if I knew you were this big of a Grinch, like I would have thought twice about having this baby with you. And he's like, no, I'm not going to, we're not going to do that. And it became this, like, first I thought he was just being grumpy and kind of joking because he's like, oh, the logistical thing of being Santa. He's fully against it. Doesn't want us to do Santa. Like, and it's been this sort of fight that we've been doing um and of course like i could put the thing on and i could be santa and like change my voice and la 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 like for this year you know she wouldn't know if i was santa or whatever but i'm like hey like traditionally santa is a man traditionally it's like a dad or an uncle and i'm like we have i have no family in aruba that i can i have no uncle or grandpa or anyone else i can ask to be santa here in aruba like there's no one um, like, you know, this will take like five minutes of your life for you to put on a beard and then give your baby gifts and watch her like face light up with joy. Like it's very minor. And he's just fully refusing to do it. 
And then it became a bigger thing. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll have to be Santa this year. Um, which is like, you know, not the end of the world or anything like that. But I'm like, what about next year? What about all the coming years when we're going to spend celebrate Christmas? Like, are you going to have our kid be the only kid at daycare who doesn't believe in Santa Claus? Like, are, are, are you, are we not raising her to believe in Santa and, and like Christmas magic? And, and he's like, well, she's going to find out anyway that Santa isn't real. And I was like, oh my God, like you are a Grinch. <laughs> I'm like, Dennis, who hurt you? <laughs> what the hell man like I don't know and I know you know like he has his own things like what he wants to do it's his business and his own past and his feelings about Christmas come from somewhere but uh it's really a thing that I I don't know what to do with it and now and he's like no one in Aruba does that and I've been asking around everyone in Aruba does that like just like they do in Sweden and I don't know everybody listening like Am I living in some sort of alternate universe where it's normal to have Santa come on Christmas? Do you guys celebrate Christmas that way? I mean, that's how I grew up. It's how like we all do it in Sweden. Um, it is how people do it in Aruba too. Um, and I just, I don't know. And this is really the first, like one of the first really big challenges, at least I feel, that we're having in terms of raising the baby. Like he was not this difficult about raising the baby vegan. I'm like, that that should be a bigger thing like if he's not going to be vegan you know having the baby be vegan he was 100% on board right away and then now it's like Santa nope <laughs> and I just I legitimately don't know how to deal with this you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl now that Dennis is back to work full-time, our morning routine is more important than ever. We wake up early, spend time with the baby having breakfast, and then get ready for another day. That includes brushing our teeth as a family. It's one of Luna's favorite things to do, and this routine is made extra easy and squeaky clean with our Quip electric toothbrushes. If you haven't heard me talk about it enough by now, Quip is the next level electric toothbrush that ensures you get the best brush with every use. With sensitive sonic vibrations, this toothbrush is gentle enough for all gums. Most people brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes can be way too abrasive, but Quip has found that perfect balance. To help guide you through a full and even clean, Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds so you know when to switch sides. For added convenience, Quip has a multi-use cover. If you're at home, this cover mounts to your mirror to declutter your sink and cabinet. But if you're on the go, the cover will protect your bristles, keep them clean, and make traveling with your electric toothbrush way easier. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes to be accepted by the American Dental Association and it was even featured on Oprah's O-List. With the holidays just around the corner, Quip is the perfect gift for the entire family and something practical they will use twice a day. So many agree it's the perfect toothbrush for the perfect smile each and every time. That's why I love Quip and why they have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews. Quip looks like a big-ticket tech gift with a stocking stuffer prize starting at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash yogagirl right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. But you don't have to tell your gifty that. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash yogagirl. So, of course, I went out and I bought the beard and the hat and everything anyway. <laughs> of course, I did. Uh, there's no way that she's going to have a Christmas without without Santa Claus. But this is something that I feel like we're going to have to get to the bottom with and agree on. I'm like, we can't have this whole thing where like we talk about Santa Claus and then he's like, Santa isn't real. And she's like three years old telling all the friends at school and daycare that Santa isn't real. Like, I don't want her to be the Grinch to ruin Christmas magic for everybody else. And who says Santa isn't real anyway? I mean, seriously, 
as far as I know, I have seen no scientific proof that it's not possible that Santa is real. So I just, I just think it's like growing up and growing cynical and we don't have to do that. And especially not to a two year old. If anybody has any advice (laughs) on what to do with Dennis and this Santa situation, please, please, please let me know. Um, I'm kind of hoping that when Christmas rolls around, so in Sweden, we celebrate on Christmas Eve. Uh, so the big deal is 24th. Like that's the whole thing. 24th is the big thing. Here in Aruba and in Holland, you celebrate the 25th and the 26th. So, which is awesome because we get three days of Christmas. Um, there's also this uh, holiday that they do in Aruba. It's really big here and in, in the Netherlands called Sinterklaas, which is a, a weird quote, semi like it, it, there's a lot you, you can just google Sinterklaas and um, racism and you'll find a lot of information about that it's this sort of crazy holiday that that's a really big deal here I don't know how to how to celebrate that in a in a culturally appropriate way so um, this we just don't <laughs> um, and then in Sweden we have Lucia Santa Lucia which is December 13th so basically because we have all these cultures mixed together uh, there's a lot of celebrations happening this this month but for me the culmination is the 24th with with santa arriving so i don't know if there's anyone listening out there who has uh who's in a similar place where maybe you have you know different like backgrounds and experiences and cultures merged into one for this type of celebration and how do you deal with that like i would legitimately really love some some advice and some um i don't know maybe me calling Dennis a grinch isn't the best way to go about this <laughs> maybe i'm just reinforcing what he doesn't like about about christmas i don't know but um we're a little bit away so i'm gonna definitely keep you guys posted and see where we end up i'm hoping we'll just have christmas roll around and he'll feel the christmas spirit and i got him a really great gift like a super gift that i know he's gonna be super excited about um so maybe you know he'll just surrender and do it because I want it to happen and then maybe he'll really like it like maybe the baby will really enjoy it and then he'll enjoy it too that's kind of what I'm hoping or maybe she'll have a full-on panic and be super scared of Santa Claus (laughs) I have no idea we're gonna just we're gonna just play it by ear that's the plan so yeah so that's where that's where kind of where I am right now in terms of celebrations and the holiday season and, and and you know Christmas and birthdays and all of that all of that beautiful stuff. And for a lot of people, this is a really hard time of year for a variety of reasons. Um, for some people, you know, you don't need to have necessarily this big challenging family history or trauma in your past or loss or separation um, to have a hard time around the holidays. For a lot of people, this is a holiday that comes with a ton of pressure. Just being thrown back into your family situation can be really challenging for a lot of people like there's always going to be those people in our family that trigger us in different ways or you know challenging conversations and I feel especially with our current political climate there's a lot of things that are really hard around the dinner table right now so my biggest piece of advice is to try to bring everything back into that place you know inside of yourself where you know this is why I feel the way I feel And that's a really important thing to know, you know, because if I, you know, like for instance, like not knowing why my birthday has been my whole life, this hugely important thing, not making that connection between it's important because there was that year where like I lost my mom pretty much. And then, you know, didn't get to celebrate after that. 
um, making that connection means that I know why it's important to me. I feel really validated. Of course, I've like acted this way around my birthday. Um, it makes, makes it really easy for me to understand my own feelings and how I've been imposing them on other people. And then I can stop doing that, right? Um, or, you know, just feel validated or maybe even communicate, hey, you know, it's important for me that this happens here and here because this is how I grew up, for instance. Um, so just making that conversation between all of us a little bit easier, we have to first find out on our own why we feel the way we do. So if you have things that are rubbing up against you during this time of year or challenges or whatever it is, of course, there's always going to be other people involved. So if you have someone in your family that you always argue with or fight with or don't want to see during the holidays or that there's this feeling around this time like, oh, this is just really hard. Of course, there can be other people and other reasoning involved with that. And But when it comes down to it, the only person who can change, you know, the situation or change or improve how you feel is you, whether that sometimes that means not participating in absolutely everything around the holidays or maybe it means speaking up about something or maybe it means just accepting the situation for what it is or maybe it means focusing our attention on the good things not the bad things but we have so much power within ourselves when it comes to finding that special christmas magic right the spirit of christmas uh, of course the tree and santa claus and the gifts and the food and all of that like they're all accessories around that really special feeling that we want to connect with on christmas but where does it actually come from it comes from us right it comes from the the conversations that are had around the dinner table it comes from watching your kid open her presents and maybe you know the look on her face when santa arrives or the feeling that we bring about and that's a feeling that we're able to connect to all the time if we focus on that but if we get totally lost in this idea of of gifts and stuff and pressure and having everything be perfect then we just separate ourselves more and more from that true christmas magic so and i also just felt a little clear there too i found a little bit of clarity in that moment too about dennis and santa claus and you know it's not the most important thing that everything happens the way i think it has to happen and unfold in my head but what's important is that we are together right and that we that we can be here and express that love for each other each in our own way so let's see what christmas brings um i can actually hear Lea luna <laughs> in the kitchen right now crying so it's time for me to wrap this podcast up so i can go hang out with her she's been naked all day we're uh, trying the potty thing out we've had some success today so i'm super excited about that um but i, I kind of have to go see if she's taking a poop in the kitchen right now <laughs> um so i love you guys so much um share with me your christmas stories i want to hear how the holidays are for you um if you're not in the yoga girl community group on facebook please join we have so many beautiful things happening there just go on facebook search yoga girl community and apply to join and someone will approve you to, to be a part of the group um, i would love to hear hear there how the holidays um, are for you it's a really good place to communicate and to connect love you much happy holidays and i'll see you next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Fully, Ritual, and Quip. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>